Everyone, welcome to another episode of your favorite soccer podcast as we're going to discuss the past week and we've got someone along to share what's been going on with the club. Oh, yes. And Dylan and I can finally complain about the heat and not get any flack on it because temperatures went crazy this weekend. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. And it's in. Darwin Jones with the response for Orange County. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, presented by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. We are the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm with you pretty much each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Joining me as he does each and every episode, and the only person of this podcast that can claim he's been here for each and every episode that's Dylan from Caroline Coalition. Dylan, how's it going? It's going great. Um, glad to be here, as I am every week. But who cares what I'm saying? Um, we got a great guest on, so let's talk to him. <laughs> we, we do have a great guest, and let me go and just uh, uh, say this out the bat before we introduce our guest. If you notice, we did introduce one uh, host from San Diego, Alan. I think he got a little scared once he found out that this guest is going to be joining us especially after some of the stuff he was saying last week. Uh, our guest this episode uh, from Orange County Soccer Club, defender Rob Kiernan. Rob, welcome to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Thank you, guys. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Now, glad. We're glad we can have you back on this episode now, second time joining us on this wonderful podcast, talking about Orange County Soccer Club and, and a bunch of other stuff outside of soccer, too. Um, and uh, we were pretty excited when the club reached out to us and said, hey, Rob wants to join you guys this week. Uh, so that's always an exciting thing. To, to hear the players want to come talk. So uh, first thing I got to ask you, and Dylan and I get a lot of flack for complaining about heat when it gets to like the high 90s or maybe 100 degrees. Uh, but this last week in Southern California, it got to like 115 degrees for a few days there. Um, you, you're coming from, you know, England, uh, and you're not used to that type of weather, I would assume. <laughs> hey, listen, this London boy is not built for this heat, I'll tell you that. Um been a, it's been a it's been a, a lot the last few days have been definitely the hottest i've ever experienced not just here but in, in probably my life and actually trying to play uh try, play soccer with this heat uh, and the air and just the whole sort of you know you walk out the door and you're sweating let alone trying to chase the ball around so um i can definitely vouch for that um however it's a nice change to the to the to the gray and gloomy skies of london so uh, i'm not going to be complaining it's hard. You got the like two extremes uh, coming from from Great Britain out here to Southern California, dealing what you've been dealing with here. Uh, we're not used to it. We don't typically get to 115 degrees in our area. I know uh, some of the folks out there in Vegas or Phoenix or Texas have made fun of us in the past. 
Um, so you went and experienced the heat in Vegas and you said, I think before we went live, you said that was probably some of the worst heat that you've dealt with as a player. Uh, and then you guys sort of decided to bring it home, uh, here to Southern California. Talk about that experience in Vegas with that heat. Yeah. I feel like we put it in our back pocket and, uh, drive it back four hours to give you guys some, some real heat. But, um, no, for me, I've been, uh, I've been in Vegas, obviously on holiday a few times as a, as a youngster. Um, and even then it was, you know, uncomfortable, but you know, you're, you're enjoying yourself anyway. You put your boots on and you get out there and you kit and it's a whole different ball game. You know, the sweat's dripping off your head as soon as you get out to do the warm up. Uh, and actually, the gaffer gave me a little rest week that week, and, and I sort of played the last twenty minutes. Uh, and young Kobe did extremely well. He he came on for his debut. So uh, I was watching from the sidelines, and even then, I was uh, I was beading down my forehead. So let alone the guys that were um, running around. But the biggest thing for me, guys, is um, is when I play, I try and I try to like to be you know quite vocal, and I try to organise people around me, and I try to you know try and it, it alert. It keeps me alert as well as you know trying to organise the team and orchestrate what's going on in front of me. But as soon as I sort of opened my mouth, it was just dry mouth. You know, I had chewing gum in. And I was thinking, right, listen, that might help. But honestly, it was, I was banging trouble. And I just, you know, that heat is it's something that we have to deal with, especially us European guys. You know, we're not brought up around that heat, you know, and it's different. And I know you guys say it as well. It's, it's not your norm. But um, even the last, even the last game we played um, against the Galaxy, you know, that was, that was a quite a hard one. I just felt like, and even it sounds silly, but I go on this weather app on, my, on our iPhones and I'm sure you guys have seen it and it, I also look at the air quality, and I also also seen that it was it was actually uh, highlighted as extremely dangerous. So I thought, Jesus, you know, I'm in, I'm in for a tough one again. So uh, listen, it's all it's all part of fun and games. It's all part of the experience being here, and and I wouldn't change it for the world, to be honest. So uh, I'll just take it in my stride and just and just deal with it, you know. So you brought up Kobe, and he made his professional debut with the team, um, you know, in your place for that match. What if you? Uh, what would you say you've done to try and help develop him and some of these other young players and get them to understand what the pro pro game is about, how to be professional um, soccer slash football players um, and how to get to that next level that they want to get to where you've been? Yeah, that's a great question. And I feel like this is a conversation I have quite a lot. Um, I think, I think first and foremost, sometimes these guys don't know what's expected. They haven't been taught and that's no through fault of their own. It's just, you know, they haven't been brought up around that environment where, perhaps we have at such a young age. I mean, we I left school at 15 to go and train with the under-18s uh, and I was pushed into that world from such a young age that uh, it became the norm. Uh, and a lot a lot of what we, we try to implement into the young lads, uh, it's just that 1% club where we're trying to do things that take us outside our comfort zone a little bit um, and also trying to just do that little bit extra each day, each session that will just, over a you know, amount of years and time, it will really pay dividends. So, um, Kirby, I took, um, I hope to think that he maybe thinks I've taken him under my wing a little bit because I certainly feel like I, I have a little bit. Um, he asked me, he actually writes notes down in his in his um, his notebook and every sort of week we go through a few scenarios and different sort of situations on the pitch. Sometimes we, we FaceTime, you know, he's FaceTimed me before and he has his notes and it's great to see that he's hungry and he's learning and he's got a great, great um, future ahead of him, I'm sure. Um, he's physically got a lot, to, uh, a lot of attributes. Uh, he's technically very comfortable on the ball and he's learning his trade now. It's all about learning your position and little tricks, little uh, little bits of advice here and there. You know, they go a long way, I think. Um, so I'll definitely be, uh, you know, taking on the wing as well as Roscoe. You know, we both have sort of taken that father role a little bit, you know, just a football father figure role. That's that's all, you know, nothing to nothing to, to do anything other than just try and help him, you know. And um, yeah, even the, the even the lads from Scotland, the, the the lads from Rangers, you know, they're, they're a little bit more advanced in terms of you know the amount of years they've been playing, but you know they're still hungry and, and you know they we sit down and have chats about the times that we played in Ibrox and Old Firm games and 
you know, just my experience growing up as, you know, a young player trying to break into the to the adult world, you know. Yeah, and, and I you know, I love your sharing, you know, that you're you're willing to take the younger players, you know, under your arm, show them the ropes, give them an idea of what to expect. Uh, there's sometimes this knock of some of the players that come from Europe to play in the United States that they're coming out here maybe to just collect the check or maybe to sort of as like the the early retirement, go get a couple years out in the United States where uh, there's decent competition, but it's definitely not what you probably see in other parts of the world. Um, so I'm assuming you came out here to to prove that you're still you still have it and you're you're still ready to go for another you know four or five years at, at your peak uh, game, correct? I'm probably coming into you know just probably when you look at a centre back, you probably say 28 to 32 is your prime years. Um, I was in an environment where it was very stale back home, and I needed a change in terms of lifestyle as well as a new challenge. Uh, and I absolutely love it being here. You know, I think I've I've found my feet a little bit. It took me a little while. Uh, obviously, I hit. I literally came before COVID here. I had one game, one training session with the dads. So it's not been an easy transition, an easy start, but I've managed to sort of really find my feet. I feel at home. I, I want to be here now for for a very long time. Um, I want to be uh, considered as you know a, a regular in our first team and, and really help develop some talent coming through as well as help grow the club. Um, so I'm I'm very happy being here. I'm 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 excited by the challenge, you know, that's gonna be facing us for the next three, four years, growing this club to a to a bigger status, bigger stature and um just kind of using the experiences and all the clubs that I've been at back at home, you know, I've played for some big teams with, with big infrastructures, big budgets. So I've kind of seen, you know, different sides of the scale. I appreciate that this club here is is on a on a growing level and it's, you know, not quite, you know, probably in the same level as some of the clubs have been at, like Rangers and stuff. But, you know, that comes down to budget. It comes down to fan base. And like I said, the infrastructure. But the club are doing things correctly. They're trying to achieve results. They're trying to do things the correct way and not cut corners. So it's, it's an exciting time to be here. Um, and I'm just, I'm very thankful for the opportunity, to be honest with you. Dylan, do you have a question for, for Rob? Oh. oh, man, I'm not even... The brain or the heat has melted my brain, as you can tell from that statement. And and Ray asked all my questions, but um, Rob, you spoke to BGM, uh, which is kind of the the daddy of this podcast, if you will. Um, and there's there were a few things you said. Probably the most uh, controversial <laughs> one is that you think In and Out is overrated, um, but understandable. Real. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shame you for that one. Beyond that, um, you know, we think of players as players and not necessarily people because we only really get to see you for 90 minutes on a Saturday night or maybe a Wednesday night. Um, but how has the transition been from leaving Essex um, to coming to Orange County? And, and what's life been like um, okay, for you? Well, I'll be pretty honest with you. Um, it's, been, it's been a little bit tough in terms of, you know, walking into a COVID situation. Um, obviously, I, I came from playing the best part of six months during the season in Essex. Um, so I'd kind of had my rhythm again interrupted. Um, I actually um, I felt ill a little bit, so lost fitness. I've actually got I'm playing at the minute with a fractured rib. Um, I've had a few little bumps and bruises along the way. So uh, it's not been an easy transition. Um, even just little things like moving to the country and not having a social security number, I can't get, couldn't get a phone, I couldn't get this, that. You know, even to get my apartment was a difficult situation because I had no credit here, and it's just. At times, I feel like it's quite quite tough. It make that America is a, is not an easy place to transition to if you don't have certain things around you. So um, I've definitely learned 
the long and hard way on a few things. Um, and yeah, it's 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 a place that I see as home now. Um, I don't I don't have any ambition on going back to the UK, um, and I would love to see my future here. Um, and also, you know, I'm thinking even bigger picture and longer term. You know, after the, you know I finish playing football in five six years, whenever it might be, you know, I'd like to think this is home, and I'd like to build a life for myself here. So. These are my sort of um, real thoughts and, and I'm brutally honest with you guys. I love it here and um, I just hope that I can find even more rhythm in my game. It's, the heat's obviously a big factor for us guys, but I feel like I'm, I'm accustomed to that now. Um, and I just want to go to strength to strength, really. So um, I, I want to ask you this question. I was hoping, I was waiting for Alan to make his way in here because I wanted him to be here for this, this particular question. But uh, last episode, last week, uh, after the San Diego match, He's from San Diego. He is a San Diego follower and a, a fan. So um, he sort of called you out for the end of the match, uh, guaranteeing or just basically saying it was for sure a handball in the box. Uh, and then you're you're clapping right by the San Diego players, giving basically the ref props with the clapping was uh, to rile up those San Diego players or get under their skin. Uh, what is your side of the story, uh, Rob, on that? Did, it, was Alan right or um, Alan, is he blowing Alan, it out of proportion? Alan's 110% right. He is right. And you know what? I do rile up my opponents and I do want to get them under their skin and I do want to get an edge and I do want to be horrible and I do want to be nasty because you know what? Football's not a nice game at times. So when you find those little edges, yeah, it will help. But I'll tell you one thing. I didn't intentionally handball the ball. Um, it, my arm didn't rise. It just, you know, it was it was coming through a bunch of bodies and it maybe hit my arm. The referee didn't give it. We move on, you know. So uh, I, uh, I appreciate everyone's thoughts and that is football. You get the... Uh, rough and smooth at times i've definitely experienced both sides of that so uh uh in answer to your question yes it is to rile up my opponents and yes i do like i like turn into a bit of a fight sometimes so uh you know we'll, we'll see them in a few days on, uh, on sunday so we'll, we'll get going you know and, and you know to be honest a little bit of riling up your opponents and getting under their head that's sort of part of uh, athletics in any sport you're gonna try and do a little bit of that as long as you're not intentionally out there trying to break legs and 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 take you know end people's careers i mean it's all it's all good go out there and get in their heads get them frustrated um and who knows they might they might use that as their bulletin board material there when they uh, play you guys again right so listen i've played in some hostile environments i'll tell you that and i've been in some rough changing rooms some nasty nasty men so uh a little bit of riding up is uh very pg i'll tell you that so um i'll uh, i'll leave that for another day but um, listen, it's part of the sport. It's part of everything. You know, you watch boxing, you watch MMA, you watch anything a little bit to get an edge is, is obviously going to be, uh, is, is obviously trying to affect your opponent. And that's certainly something that I've learned over the years to try and do. So, uh, I'm not denying that in, in any way, no. Ah, perfect. And we'd love to know that, that there's someone on Orange County that's willing to sort of play those mind games and really trying to, to get that advantage there, especially when you're a defender back there and you're trying to rile up with some of these younger players around this league um let me take it to a little bit of, of a fun side or just you know not so serious question here and, and by all means if you can't answer a full answer on this no worries what would be your ideal like starting 11 all-time soccer uh or slash football team starting 11 oh okay so people <laughs> i've played with or just ever um let's go with uh let's go with ever all right okay Schmeichel in goal because i used to love him um <laughs> Centre-backs have got to be John Terry uh, and Van Dyke. Uh, Left-back's got to be Roberto Carlos. Right-back has to be... Oof. 
right back, right back. I'm going to come back to a right back. My midfield, I'll play in 4-3-3. I'll have, I'll have Steven Gerrard. I'll have Roy Keane because I, I like a bit of a nasty guy in there. Uh, and then I'll put Neymar in the hole. Front three, I'll have to have Ronaldo, Messi and I'll put Alan Shearer up top. I need to come back to a right back. So right back, I'm looking for an absolute athlete because I want to get up and down the wings. Do you know who I'm going to go for? I'm going to go for Kyle Walker purely because I think he just gives me an absolute engine and... I really do like his style of play. So, yeah, I'm going to go for Kyle Walker. All right. So, one last follow-up on that. So, you said Kyle Walker is your right back. Who who was the better Kyle Walker when he was with Tottenham or now that he's in Man City? As uh, far as a player. Man City, man. He's just gone to new heights. I mean, listen, the boys back home that have contact with Pep, they just say he's a god, you know. And everything that I've seen and, and heard about him, he's just... He just fine-tunes players. He gives them that extra level. And it's, it's yeah, he's an incredible athlete. And... He'd be a tough guy to play against, put it that way. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you for answering that question. I want to um, give you a little bit of time on the microphone because I know before we went live, you said uh, you had some uh, interesting stuff coming up with uh, with some training or helping training some uh, some young players, correct? Yeah, so, yeah, thanks for giving me the opportunity. And listen, it's not here to try and <laughs> put on anyone. It's just something that I'm doing uh, during this COVID situation. And I found myself twiddling my thumbs a little bit and, you know, not being able to leave the home and, uh, I've I've always been quite um, interested in, in the coaching side of stuff, especially back home. I had an academy where uh, me and fellow other pros were training kids and trying to just elevate them to that next level. And uh, basically, we 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 used the COVID situation to get on Zoom, and we started doing just ball mastery drills at home. Um, and it's really elevated; it's really taken off, and we've managed to secure a few deals and on social media platforms and stuff that we've got coming up. And Basically, what we're doing is trying to give players additional training from the comfort of their home. Obviously, with the safety regulations with COVID, you know, people can't leave their homes. And um, we've just kind of, you know, created a, an online community where kids come on for half an hour. Um, they come and use their ball mastery. They do a bit of fitness. They do a bit of core conditioning. It's just a great way to to have some sort of uh, routine to their, their, their training and just using whatever space they've got. It's just, you know, some guys are in their garage, you know, we've got guys and girls, different ages, different abilities, but it, we all come together and we've actually now sectioned it off into different abilities just because some guys are so advanced that they're sort of waiting for other guys who maybe just aren't, just aren't quite the same level. So it's been really exciting. So um, I, over the next sort of couple of weeks, I think we'll have some some some, some good announcements and, and you know, it's, it's a great way for everyone to just do a little bit of exercise at home, especially playing playing football, you know, any little edge you can get has been a great been a great help. And some of the guys have made real, real improvements. So we're we're really happy with it. Can you get us fit? Or maybe <laughs> just me. Yeah. Ray might be a lost cause. I need it. I need it. I need it. <laughs> but can you and I'll I'll lay off the beer, but um Yeah, I mean we've definitely yeah. can try and help mate. We can give you a little round the world and a catch on the back of your neck and do a little press up and we will be flying. <laughs> perfect well uh, i, I want to thank you uh rob for taking some time out and joining us uh on this uh, again we love when players are are you know interested in coming and, and talking and uh, you know we thanks for sharing information or at least letting us know what you've been doing with uh helping some of these uh young uh future uh, hopefully future soccer stars that are looking for something to do to to get some training in there um and uh like right when we're about to let rob go is when alan is ready to jump onto the stream so um I'm going to uh, let you head off, you know, into the evening, Mr. Kiernan, and uh, best of luck uh, for the club in the coming matches. And hopefully the weather and the air quality cooperates to allow you guys to to be successful and, and 
get those, you know, at least get that second, uh, that second place in the group so we can get into the playoffs. Sure. Okay. Listen guys, thanks for having me and thank you for the support and thank you for, you know, just being there and doing what you're doing. It's, it's a great for us to have that sort of network behind us. So, um, we, we appreciate that. And, uh, anything we can do to help you guys as well then, then give us a shot awesome thank you so much ladies and gentlemen rob kiernan defender for your orange county soccer club uh taking some time to join us here on the podcast let's bring in <laughs> his mortal enemy from san diego mr uh alan underwood hey i don't know if you caught any of what rob said we asked him about your comments last week and he, he said you were 100 or was it 200 i think it was 200 that you correct. were correct yeah i mean so in both cases that the ball did hit his like shoulder arm area and that he was trying to get under the San Diego players, uh, skin a little bit there. Oh, I, so we talked a little bit about this on the San Diego podcast tonight. Uh, we ran a little bit late. Carson stopped by, we had a good time. Um, and I basically said the same thing about Vegas is if you're reliant on one call to win a game, then I mean, you're basically rolling the dice. Um, a player, their job is to rile up the other team and to get into their heads. Um, you're going to face each other one more time this season. So, I mean, you're kind of building that and trying to get into their head and kind of rub it in. And, I mean, I can't fault him. Like, I'm not going to, like, say, like, oh, he's a jerk. He shouldn't have done Like, he's absolutely, like, I, that's something that I think I would have done to get under someone's skin. And I think some of it's, like, a little bit of friendly banter at that point. The game's over. Um and I mean, I can't fault him. He's not going to be like, yeah, I totally hit my hand to the ref. Right. Like he's, but he's going to like, he's going to rub it in. They got, uh, got away with the point. Um, I think, you know, orange County probably should have uh, going into that game, probably wanted three out of it and only getting one, but getting lucky to get one. Um, I think a call went their way. And the same thing with against San Diego played Las Vegas. There was a call that might've been offside. But if you're winning games nil-nil, or if you're drawing games nil-nil, you're drawing games 1-1, like you're literally saying, hey, officiating, please take this game into your hand. And at, at this level, it's a crapshoot. Like, you might get that call, you might not. And at the end of the day, if you don't get that call, like, it's on you to make sure you put yourself in a position that you're not reliant on getting a call to win a game. You want to, like, go up and score and do what you can. Um, and I, I think that's kind of the story with Orange County this year too, is like, if you're relying on getting a call or getting lucky, then, I mean, your, your luck's going to run out eventually. Um, versus if you put the ball into the back of the net, when you need to put the ball in the back of the net, you're taking the game into your own hands. And if you get a bad call, maybe it's a two, one, as opposed to a, 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 a one, one or a nil, nil. So I'm glad, I'm glad he admitted it. Um, I'm not late to avoid him. Um, but uh, we're, I'm glad he came on. Um, he's been fantastic for Orange County. I think he's been one of the better players um, versus some of the other backline players that I've talked about in the past. So uh, I'm glad he came on. I'm glad he had a chat. I'm sorry I missed him. You're not no. welcome. Allowed. Apology <laughs> not accepted. There we go. I will say this, though, as far as the ball hitting his arm, he did say he did not, like, intentionally or lift the arm to try and block the ball. It wasn't like a it was just sort of the arm was where it was for that situation. And, um, you know, so I don't think he admitted one way or another, if it was a legit handball in the box, it just, he said it did hit him in the arm area and his arm wasn't being, you know, 
wasn't in a position that it shouldn't have been in that situation with the way his body was contorting and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Let's get into this. This past week, yeah. there was two matches that Orange County played, uh, both Oof. of them against Los Dos. Uh, both of them probably not the uh, happiest moments for Orange County fans, even though they they were able to squeak by with uh, a result in one of them. And the other one was, uh, I'll ask Dylan, what's the word to, you were there, Dylan. What's the word you can say? I can't use the word I want to use, but. Like a piece of chocolate. Melted. Melted chocolate. Um, And and those that you won't know because Dylan was actually doing chocolate tasting from the stadium while that game was going on. So that's why I brought up that word. Uh, my, My wife's birthday this month and we did a chocolate tasting scheduled for um for that evening and it was we were hoping it was going to end right when kickoff happened but it didn't and dylan was eating chocolate in the stands at championship soccer stadium yeah and it melted because it was so hot um i have to say i think orange county played better in the second game they switched off for a good period of time but my god that second half um my heart was not having a good time i felt terrible that whole second half Cammy Palmer scored a wonderful goal that I did not think he had in him because uh, he just doesn't seem like the player to score a headed goal. Lots of discipline, um, better refereeing this time around. Um, but yeah, I think Orange County kind of, I think those does deserve something. Uh, they played too well over the two games to not get something. Um, but wow, that was frustrating to, to, to see. And it's causing so many headaches heading into these final six matches. It's do or die now, and it's not particularly enjoyable. Alan, what are your thoughts? Uh, it's weird that Orange County won the game that they won out of the two matches. Um Moral of the story, I think, is also don't give up set pieces to L.A. because they can score from them. Um, I think the other one is a defensive mistake and a bad giveaway that leads to a goal. Um, It's the story of Orange County does enough to get into enough positions that they should be able to score multiple goals a game consistently. Uh, But whether or not they put them away is a different story. Uh, and if you watch back at the highlights, like if you look just at the highlights of the second match, like there, the second half is essentially all Orange County. It's all Orange County. Like Los Dos does nothing. If you look at kind of, if you go to Sofa Score and you look at like the, they have like a beautiful graph of um, momentum. And if you look at the second half momentum, there are four tiny little blips from Los Dos. Everything else is Orange County. Orange County, Orange County, Orange County, Orange County. And I th- again, I think we're painting a picture of a team that can do everything right except put the ball in the back of the net. And unfortunately, at this point, that's what's keeping them from winning. Like, this is a game Orange County probably wins th- three to one on most nights, the second match. The first match, I thought Los Dos played a lot better. And um, Orange County was able to get them caught back up before halftime. Uh, But Los Dos really put a thing on at the end and really really tried to 
get a draw on the first match. I I thought Orange County looked better the second match, and they were just unfortunate. And this is the problem with the beautiful game is you can outplay a team for probably a stretch of 50, 60 minutes, including the first half, and walk away dropping points, which is unfortunate because the run-in is going to be a doozy here in Group B. Yeah, this is insane. Um, I don't think any team or anyone of us predicted that Los Dos would be involved in that mix for that second playoff spot. I think we all thought it was going to be San Diego. Obviously, things haven't gone to plan, but this is the same Orange County issue that we saw in 2018 in that run from July to August where the team was underperforming and really the team would not switch on until they'd conceded. If we can get through those first 15 to 20 minutes without conceding, then we were looking great. Um, and if we scored first, we were looking great. But it's at this point, again, kind of that midsummer fatigue. Um, obviously, there's been less matches played, but they're coming at a more frequent. They're more frequent. There we go. Um, and it's it's been <laughs> kind of bleak. Um, like Alan said, we're getting to positions where we should be winning most games, 3-0, 3-1, something like that. And instead, it's... 1-1 one, one, or maybe 2-1. Shots are just taking weird deflections or shots are finding themselves right at the keeper. Um, so I think the biggest thing right now, right, you don't get a lot of time when you've got two or three days between a match is um, less so changing how we're playing, more so making sure that guys are switched on for those first 10 minutes. Because ultimately, that's what our downfall has been, is not being switched on. No disrespect to any of our current or former players, but it's not being switched on the first 20 to 30 minutes of a match has screwed us two years in a row. So then uh, are you trying to say then Dylan, maybe they need a new pump up song before them, before they head out into the pitch or, or I mean, what's the solution to that? How does that get fixed? Vocal if it's a players like problem Rob, from last season to this year. I think it's vocal players like Rob in that back line. Um, Mike Roscoe is not as vocal. Is very good. He's had a bit of a rough year compared to last year. Um, but I don't think he's as much of that vocal leader that Rob Kiernan is. Guys like Aiden Quinn, guys like Ugo Okoli, honestly, the three of them, you know, you've got one in the back line, you've got one in the midfield, and you've got one up top. And uh, it's kind of not great that there's field mics because a lot of the stuff that they're saying is is not allowed because of the FCC. Uh, we can't repeat it on this podcast, but those guys are the ones that make sure that guys are switched on. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. Leaders on the pitch and then listening to the coaching staff. So then uh, it's safe to assume then listening to the both of you. And I, I, this is what I would say though. The, the past week was disappointing um, as far as the, some of the performances. And then of course the results that we saw, because I think we all said last week um, that you at least need to get, a win and a, a draw uh, this last week to say it was at least successful and to get a win and a win against basically now what has turned out to be the team that you seems you're going to be fighting for that second spot in group B um, is disappointing because you could have put three points between yourself and low stos in, in this situation. There were actually six points between yourselves um, because it's a, it's a six point swing there. Um, let me ask you this. What's, because I'm looking at like Google for the standings, which I know isn't always the most accurate. The the tiebreaker 
comes down to goal differential, right? If they end up with the same amount of points is, or does USL do it differently? Do it weird. They, they do, do it weird. They do matches one. Which That's, doesn't make any yeah. sense to me. It is infuriating. <laughs> yeah, I guess the, that's why I'm confused. <laughs> the tiebreakers are wins in regular season, goal differential, goal scored, number of disciplinary points, and then a lottery conducted by the league. Ooh. Fingers crossed. I, I for that love lottery. the idea of a lottery. This happened in 2008 with the Olympics where two runners finished at the same time and the uh, – the idea was we were going to flip a coin to see which one was going to to go to the Olympics. It's a lot lower stakes here because it's just the USL, but that's kind of clueless. I'd like a head-to-head playoff. That'd be a little bit better. If you're going to go crazy, do it that way instead of making it uh, uh, something that doesn't match. If you're not going to match the rest of the world, then go with something crazy. Don't go with something um, sort of... Shootout like hockey or the old MLS days. That'd be wild. <laughs> I would the I'd put my days. money on Freddie Dill on that one. Old MLS shootout rules, though, where you can like dribble up and you have 10 seconds to you shoot. You got five seconds? Is it, is it 10 or five? five seconds? I don't know. I think it's so five right seconds. now, LA has one more regular season win. Goal differential, Orange County is in front by three goals because they're positive three versus zero. Goals scored in regular season league games. A right now, uh, Los Dos is like way ahead. Right, Orange <laughs> County has 11, LA has 19. Uh, number of disciplinary points. So right now, yellow cards, Orange County has 19, LA has 18. Red cards, which I'm sure are included, a uh, both teams have zero. So it's like neck and neck on all of the tiebreakers, except this for maybe the gold scored. Gold, yeah. <laughs> so, but. In fairness, like Orange County could go on a tear and score a bunch of goals. Orange in theory LA, they could. In theory, LA. they really could. Yeah. <laughs> now will mm-hmm. that happen? Who knows? And can I just say right now, mm-hmm. if you're hearing the cricket, the cricket is not in my studio here. It's somewhere else. So mm-hmm. don't blame me for hearing that cricket. Um, <laughs> let's do this because this is going to be now a part of schedule where you're back to sort of playing one game a week, at least for a couple weeks here. But thanks to some COVID related stuff. Um, Orange County has to play Sacramento. So you're getting thrown in a Sacramento game or a match here, um, followed by San Diego over the weekend. And then the next match would have been Friday. Um, so, and then the next match would have been what seven or eight days after that. So you, this was a point in the schedule where it was more like a regular schedule, but because of COVID now you have the Sacramento match thrown in here on the road. Um, and then you have to travel all the way down to San Diego on the road for a match this week. So, uh, not the easiest of scenarios for Orange County, although we have seen that they can beat San Diego on the road. Um, that's pos- that, that's possible, especially with that awesome left foot of of Aiden Quinn. Um, San Diego's not a walk in the park. San Diego is right now. If you look at the schedules, they have more points than Orange County, although they are playing in a group that is a little less competitive than what we have. Or is that not correct? You mean I think- Sacramento? Did you say oh, you said San Diego, right? Well, he Sacramento, meant Sacramento. Sacramento. I'm sorry. I meant Sacramento. See what happens when it gets hot here, everyone? We don't know how to function. We're like <laughs> computers. So Orange County is traveling up to Sacramento for Wednesday night match. So if you're listening right now, that's tomorrow. If you're listening on the podcast, probably tonight. Um, or it already happened and you know the result. Um, and then they have to travel down to San Diego. Um, so we talked about it last week. 
you know, four points or bust for Orange County uh, in the two matches against Los Dos. What is it this week with, with Sacramento and San Diego? Do they need to get all six points in these matches? And is that possible? I'm going to go to you first, Dylan. Yes. Um, I understand Sacramento has more points, but look at the teams. <laughs> look at the team they play. They play a winless T2. That is just hemorrhaging. I, are they still winless? I mean, I didn't say yes. they, 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 they have no they, results. They have zero oh, results. Zero only, only team without a win or a draw. Have they scored more than five goals at this point? Right, who knows? They've scored nine all season. So there they've you scored. Go. Okay. Um, but they've conceded 37. What? Yeah, that goalkeeper has no future. I'm sorry, whoever you are, goalkeeper. Yeah, for it was like 17. Sorry, but... give, give him a break because yeah. six of those came against Phoenix on opening night. But... And hey, seven are against Reno. And, and seven against seven Reno. Reno. So they're not that terrible outside of two horrific, horrific experiences and performances. But no, if you're playing a team like T2 and you're playing a team like Tacoma Defiance, yikes. Um, you know, you probably want to be getting three points from every match, but that's also the expectation that Orange County has. And if you ask Rob Kiernan what the expectation for Orange County is, it's to win every match. So two, I would say two evenly matched teams because Orange County is underperforming at the moment based on what the expectation should be and the quality that this team has. I think Orange County gets the win. Um, they need to win more. And they'll be very, very determined to right the wrongs from last week. And and then it's San Diego, which is, you know, you need another win. And that one might be a bit of a toss-up because San Diego, if anyone didn't pay attention, signed a lot of players and has a new assistant coach. And that might give them a little bit of a bump. Um, Barry was – Miguel Barry, I know we talked about him maybe joining Orange County a while ago, pre-COVID times. Um He's maybe not had the best of starts that he was hoping for, but as he grows into time, same thing we saw with Ugo Okoli. Quality players are going to have quality performances after a little bit of time, and that might be a thing here. So being good at the back is going to be the only way that Orange County is going to get four to six points from this week. So let me let me just, before I go to you, Alan, Dylan, I just want to confirm. So you're saying three points against Sacramento, hopefully a point against San Diego, if not three points. Uh, it's a bit like the Los Dos thing where you say you need six points and you should get six points based on the last month uh, or two weeks. But I think you at this point may be settled for four, just given you're playing a game every three days. And as a betting man, you'd pick the win- the, the three points against Sacramento over San Diego is what you're saying. Yeah, because I know they have a field of uh, you know a billion fifteen-year-olds in Cameron Owasa, but we have a um, field of two billion fifteen-year-olds and uh, Frederick Dew. So, all right, let's go to you, uh, Alan. So, being the San Diego person in this group, um, you might be able to give a little bit more of a educated answer for <laughs> County beats San Diego. So nothing against you, Dylan, but Alan follows San Diego a little bit cl- more closely than you do. He just the San Diego podcast, so it's fresh in his mind. Go for it. Things Alan. about Sacramento. Sacramento's only lost once this year. They have beaten Reno in this five-game win streak, one nil. So Sacramento is not going to be a walkover. I think they're going to be a pretty good opposition, but I think Orange County 
raises their game to meet Sacramento as they did against Phoenix. Okay. I think Sacramento, Orange County goes in. Can anyone can beat Reno? Well, I mean, they lost twice and haven't drawn. So I'm not sure how many people are beating Reno. Reno beat Phoenix. Just to put that out there. Reno is not a joke team. Okay. Reno might be the number one seed from the West when everything's said and done. Sacramento has a chance. I mean, uh, San, San Antonio has a chance. It's like neck and neck. But the West might come down to who can go on the road and beat Reno. And going on the road and being Reno is not an easy task. Um, I think Orange County raises their play. It's fine. It's fine. I get. I'm right once a week. This just happens to be it. It's fine. Uh, I think Orange County goes on the road and raises their game to meet Sacramento's. Um, here, here's the thing I'm worried about with Orange County. LA Galaxy two has San Diego, Vegas. San Diego, Vegas, before they see Orange County again on the 30th. I can make an argument that Los Dos in those four games gets 12 points. Which means before LA and Orange County play again on September 30th, they need to be less than three points away because Los Dos is probably going to have the win tiebreaker over Orange County going into that match. Orange County finishes with Vegas on the road, which is no easy feat, but it's doable for Orange County. Los Dos plays Phoenix on the road. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for sure. But, I mean, I, I think, I, I, you know, Reno took it to Phoenix, and I'll just... Yes, they play Portland, and yes, they've lost. I think their two losses are to Sacramento, one nil both times. Um, so yeah, on paper they're probably have more points. Same thing with San Antonio, but you play who you play, um, and Reno is not a joke. Like Reno's a tough team. That man marking def- that man marking system is tough to play against, and they got some players up there. Um, we don't have Orange County doesn't have to worry about Reno anymore until the playoffs. What they do have to worry about is. Los Dos getting three points against San Diego on Wednesday, going playing at home to Vegas on the 15th and getting three points against Vegas, playing at home against San Diego and possibly getting three more points and then going on the road. A Orange County has got to win against Sacramento, San Diego, and Vegas on the 9th, 13th, and 18th. They have to. If they want an easier path, playing Phoenix, LA, Vegas in the last three matches. So I say for Orange County, you got to go on the road to Sacramento and get three. You got to walk into San Diego and get three. You did it before, but now you have Rubio Rubin, who's probably in that match. You have Alejandro Guido from LAFC, who instantly changed the match against Vegas. San Diego is not the same team that was able to be counterattacked three times and managed to find the back of the net. Um, I think Orange County, that Orange County-San Diego match, to me, regardless of it being like San Diego versus Orange County, which I absolutely love, I think it's going to be just a, like, it's going to be a dirty boxing match. It's going to be like a 3 nothing field goal wins it football game in the mud, like just old school, pound them, pound it out. I don't think that, um, I, I don't think that's going to be a pretty match. That Orange County-San Diego match, I don't think it's going to be pretty. It's not. It's going to be um, 
it's going to be gross. Um, I think it's going to be one nil. I think San Diego can pull this one out and shock Orange County because Orange County hasn't been able to score goals. Um, but I think right now Orange County needs to look at those next three matches and get get six points. And if Sandy, if Orange County goes into San Diego and gets three points, uh, then I, ha- I I think they have an inside track because I think they can go toe-to-toe to Phoenix. I think they can beat L.A., but that September 30th match might be their season. I I think the biggest thing is it's going to be an ugly match. I think Allen's absolutely right. That bodes really well because I don't know if you've watched the playoffs before, but they're not pretty. The match against St. Louis was only pretty because they went down to 10 men in 2018. The match against uh, Reno was horrific. Uh, Reno, I believe, had 36 or 33 crosses, uh, 9% of which were successful in that match. They are very ugly matches. It's all about nicking a goal and holding on and hoping that everyone switched on for a full 90-minute performance. And it's total chaos. So this is the best possible uh, kind of test for, honestly, both these sides. I think if you're San Diego and you get a win here, maybe you kick on. And that's enough to kind of get you to sneak in. And if it's not, then, well, you're a few more points out of the race and maybe just pack it in and, um, you know, see you in 2021. So let's do this then. I want to do some score predictions for these two matches that Orange County faces this week. I'm going to kick things off. I usually go last, but I'm going to kick things off. And I'll tell you the reason I'm going to kick things off is I have a specific thing that I do for score predictions. And everything was going great in this season until I listened to Dylan and didn't do the thing I normally do for score predictions. All of a sudden, things have gone downhill. So Sacramento, 5-0 over Orange County. San Diego, 5-0 over Orange County. Dylan, what are your score predictions? Um, two in Orange County. 1-0 Orange County. Alan? Um, I, I think they go to Sacramento, and I think they put in two. And win two nil. Um, I think Frederick Dua Frederick Du comes up and does a good job against uh, Sacramento. And to be consistent and transparent, I picked a one nil San Diego upset against Orange County. I think if Orange County scores anything more than zero goals, Orange County walks out with a point. All right, there we go. So um, yeah, I, I you know. I'm thinking about it now, you know, because I went back to a way of doing things because it works, and then I went first. That's going to totally ruin things on here. So hopefully yeah, I did not do that. Right. But, Way to go. But we got to get the win. We got to get both wins there. Um, let's do this. Let's talk about some other stuff. Um, oh, uh, anyone that's watching or listening knows that Alan's now retired, but I still participate in EUSL. Um, and I kicked off the Premier League this season. With two matches, both of them losses. Uh, I'm not expecting to do great in video game soccer this season because I'm one of the lower teams in the Premier League, but it is what it is. Um, and yeah, Alan is retired from video game soccer, competitive video game soccer. And I think from video game soccer in general, because he's not going to buy the new game. So I think he just totally like 
hung up his his controller and he's done. Um, but I'm still going to get these two to do some some match of the week stuff. So uh, again, follow us on social media, Twitter for the EUSL Xbox. It's EUSL underscore Xbox um, for information. Just retired from EUSL and <laughs> video game sports. Not like forever, but I had a th- I had a thumb thing, and I had some reconstructive Excuse surgery. I, I, I think it's just it's just time for me to to hang it up in competitive video game soccer. I think you know I focus on uh, I focus on my family or whatever. Spend time with the dog. I, I don't know. I got teaching things to do, and that's taking up all my time. <laughs> um, but yeah, come uh, come check it out. Go to check out uh, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. Look for EUSL um, underscore Xbox, or just type in EUSL Xbox. Um, you can find the information, and you can um, watch matches. Uh, I, I run the social media for that group now, so I'm trying to at least have information on matches whenever possible, so you can watch. Um, pretty much all of us are USL fans, so. Uh, that that play in this league. So you're 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 watching and supporting fellow USL fans as they strive for greatness in video game soccer um, and whatnot. Um, any other soccer related stuff we want to talk about? I guess uh, someone threw it into the comments, although we didn't put it up there. Yeah, there it is, right there. Uh, Oakland Roots announcement that they're going to be coming to uh, USL, I believe, is what was in uh, an article up in, I guess, the Bay Area. Um, Although I think when the article first came out, it was the USL Championships, but they they quickly corrected it once it was wrong. Um, it, I guess it seems like they're the ones that are replacing Fresno. I guess which is probably no surprise to many people that follow the league. Uh, thoughts of Oakland? They're going. Uh, they're to actually one. they're actually replacing the USL East Bay bid. That was okay. like a future uh, future consideration was the East Bay, and I think they're taking over that. Um, Really creative ownership group. One of the awesome best. Logo. Awesome logo. Yeah, one of the best crests in now USL. Um, I know they're doing a great job as far as branding and getting people to show up and a good fan base up there. Uh, I know some people in NISA are a little bit pissed off about it because of, you know, the normal things people in lower soccer get pissed off about, about USL is corporate. The same thing USL fans get mad about MLS. MLS is corporate. Um, but you can't blame a, an ownership group trying to put their team and their investment into the best position possible. More um, stable. Yeah. And I'm excited to see the Oakland roots because I think they're going to bring a creative brand of soccer to the USL, um, and do it in a way that's going to attract a lot of neutral fans. A la, uh, the, uh, Madison for Madison does where you're going to get a lot of people who are following the franchise, uh, just because of what they do off the pitch. Uh, and they're going to need some help on the pitch. But, I mean, if USL has proven anything, like you can come into the league as a first-year team and be a competitive team. I mean, New Mexico, well, and, and, New Mexico and El Paso in their first in their second year are running Group C right now. So, Well, can I say this really quick, right? Uh, it, probably not a, a – there's probably the best time to grow a Oakland-based sports team because you just had – the Warriors leave for San Francisco just, uh, what, one or two seasons ago. Oakland just left – I mean, sorry, Vegas, the Raiders just left Oakland uh, heading there this season. So there's this void of professional sports in Oakland. You'll basically have the A's, which is 
as close to a minor league team you're going to get in major league baseball. So sorry for A's fans, but I mean, you look at what teams spend in major league baseball. They're always at the very, very bottom. Uh, I, I, it reminds me of the scene from the movie Moneyball where you have uh, Brad Pitt saying, you know, you got the Yankees, you got so-and-so, and then you got like Oakland way down, like at the ankles there. So um Best time to be trying to grow a sports team in Oakland is right now because there's this big void of professional sports. Dylan, you had something really quick to say on that? Or I'll no? be curious to see where they're playing because they're currently playing on a surface that has it has a haunted past. Um, I believe it's the surface that um, Raya OKC played on way back in the day. Uh, it's on its like third or fourth team, but all the teams have folded. It, it's some really curious stuff, but I'm excited. I don't think they're going to be the biggest rival to our uh, to our side next year. I think they're going to be one of those teams. Um, and I hope this doesn't happen, but they're going to kind of roll up. They might get some early success on this season. They'll have a dedicated fan base. And they'll maybe do like the New Mexico thing where they're like, oh, we invented sporter culture. Oh, we're the best. Uh, all your other fans suck. Um, your team's trash because you don't have fans or whatever. The New Mexico thing where you're like, we're great. We're so great. And we finished 10th in the only year of our existence, but we're so great. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, I think our, our biggest rival is probably still going to be Phoenix because. I mean, we're the two biggest teams in the Western Conference, and we play head-to-head, -head and we have a history. And um, we've talked to players and coaches about this from both sides, and they've basically said the same thing. Rivalries take years to develop, and they're only rivalries if they're competitive. Perfect. Uh, any other soccer-related stuff either of you want to throw out there before we start uh, wrapping things up with some random thoughts? I'm going to take the silence as nothing else soccer-related to talk about. Before we get to random thoughts, though, I do need to quickly uh, let everyone know, hey, over the weekend, uh, again, I told you all, my wife's birthday this month, and we're doing a bunch of fun stuff. Alan participated in one of those amazing events. It was an escape room, and he even dressed up for it. Um, there is your boy, that Alan, on the beautiful. right side of the picture, um, I'm dressing up to try and take uh, a generic Willy Wonka character to prominence in our escape room. What was your name again, Alan? Willy Wombat. Willy Wombat was Alan's um, character name. Obviously a play on the famous chocolatier Willy Wonka from the movies. Uh, he did more the uh, classic Willy Wonka as opposed to the Johnny Depp version, which a lot of people probably disliked. Um, I thought it looked more, and, and you all, I'll show the picture again. I thought he looked more like T-Pain, but um, close enough, right? What do you think, Dylan? More T-Pain or more Willy Wonka from Alan there? Is that a second pair of glasses? You know, hold on. Let me just start with this one. If you're listening to the podcast, go ahead and jump on over to 5530 um, on the live stream version in the video. Just so you can see this wonderful thing. Um Alan, tell your wife I'm, I'm apparently in love with this image. I think the second pair of sunglasses makes a little bit too T-Pain, but uh, I'm all here for this. This is wonderful. This they, were is... Actually, they were actually steampunk goggles. Um, so... All right, you big nerd. <laughs> this, this thing teaches, this nerd is teaching your children, parents of Temecula. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, 
we lost some viewers once I started showing pictures of Alan dressed up as either Willy Wonka or T-Pain, whatever we can I'm not surprised. Show. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I don't blame them. I'm like, oh, what is this? Click off, 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 <laughs> off. NSFW. No, no, no. None of this. None of this. <laughs> Just wait, though. Dylan's going to be participating in one of these fun events in a couple weeks. We're going to have to see what he's going to look like. And we're definitely going to have to show off that image on here as well. So, oh, And then we can put a side-by-side -side of Alan and Dylan and see who did it better, who pulled off their look better. Um, so <laughs> had to do that, though, really quick. Uh, let's get to some random thoughts. I'll go to you first, Dylan. Oh, man. You know, I kicked a soccer ball today for the first time in three months, and it felt incredible. Um. That's my random thought, is kicking a soccer ball comes back like riding a bike. Sweet and simple. What about you, Alan? Uh, my random thought is, um, I know we're still stuck in weird things, but um, what reminded some stuff reminded me this weekend is make sure you're still finding time to spend time with the people that you care about and the people that you uh, appreciate. Um, I'm going to be pretty frank and say this past couple weeks have been a little bit tough on me professionally, um, both physically and emotionally. Um, and something this weekend reminded me just to, to take some time to make sure that I'm, I'm engaging the people that I care about um, and uh, still work on those relationships and still spend time with each other um, because I had so much joy just getting some time to spend with some people uh, this weekend. Um, you know, my wife and I went for a nice drive yesterday. Um, it was just nice to kind of just do those small things with each other. So uh, I know I've said this a few times, but this weekend really reminded me that um, sometimes just taking some time away from those things that are stressing you out. Um, it's okay to take a break. It's okay to take a mental break. Your, you know, your work will be there. Your stress will be there when you're done. Uh, but just really trying to make sure you're investing in yourself and your community um, in, in a way that re revitalizes you and gets you ready to go. Because um, this, is, this is rough still. Um, so just re-revitalize, revitalize yourself in finding, even if it's something new or something old, go back and play a Mario brothers video game. Just do something with people and things that you care about that might not bring any like value in like far as like a job is concerned, but bring value to you as like as a human and connect with somebody. Nice. Um, Man, how do I follow up? You know, Alan's like awesome words there, and I'm gonna come out here. No, what I'm uh, was gonna say though, if if you are trying to figure out what you can do to interact with people, engage with people, there are plenty of ways to do that. Uh, I mentioned again my wife's birthday this month, and I we've created all these like virtual events where friends can get together and have fun. We we did an event where Alan dressed up as T Pain. Uh, we did chocolate tasting. Both Alan and Dylan were part of that, and it was actually a pretty in in informative and interesting experience. And we got to taste some really yummy chocolates, uh, by the way. Um, and I did mention to this company that hosted that if, if we enjoy it, I'm definitely going to plug them on my podcast, which is what I'm doing now. Um, the company that we utilized for that chocolate tasting is called Coco Beantown. They're actually located out of Boston. Uh, they shipped out the chocolates to us. 
um, and then did a, it was like a one, one and a half hour or maybe even longer Zoom call where the, the owner of the company was on there educating us about different chocolates and um, the way chocolates are made and how you get certain flavors and textures and all this stuff. And she was teaching us to become chocolate experts where we got to the point where we tried to, I guess, uh, do a tasting and determine which chocolate was the craft chocolate and which one was the uh, mass produced store uh, chocolate. Let me just ask really quick because I can't remember. Did you guys get that right or wrong? I got it wrong, but I misinterpreted the question and I guessed which one was the fake chocolate, like the Lindor hot chocolate. I knew it was the other one because it was like way more and flavorful. Lindor. Like that peppery part was actually pretty yummy, but I got it wrong. <laughs> I did the same thing. Um, yeah. So maybe Ray, your random shot should be. Chocolate tastings are fun with smart people that are also really personal and fun. This isn't an ad. Um, but the second one is don't eat spicy chocolate. Hey, the, 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 those spicy chocolates were my favorites. You nasty. <laughs> the, it, it was cool, though, to learn, like, because I think there was one chocolate we had that was that looked like it was a milk chocolate, but we learned it was actually more chocolate content than anything else. It was a dark chocolate. There was no milk in it, but it definitely looked and tasted and had the texture of a, a milk chocolate, which is pretty cool. Um, other thing I just wanted to mention, uh, if you're looking for something to watch on the streaming apps available, HBO Max has a really cool documentary called Class Action Park. It talks about a uh, water park in New Jersey back in the 80s called Action Park, like the deadliest theme park or deadliest water park ever. Um, if, if you haven't heard of it or you want to watch this, it was actually really awesome to see. Um, I had read a little bit about this, this theme park in the past and decided, let me watch this. And it was awesome. So if you have HBO Max, go check it out. Um, let's wrap things up. Dylan, where can our listeners uh, find you on the internet areas of the internet? You can find me at OCSC underscore Dylan on Twitter slash you slash OCSC underscore Dylan on Reddit or at eldonnews.org under the byline, Dylan Allen. All right, and Allen, if, if Rob Kiernan wants to reach out to you to congratulate you on how awesome you were with your analysis of his hand clapping uh, at the end of the San Diego match, where does he reach out to you at? Uh, Rob Kiernan can find me at, at DJ Ray Samora. No, uh, at A. Underwood 48 on the Twitter machines. I welcome his friendly banter. Perfect. And you can reach me at DJ Race More on Twitter. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or go to our website, OCSCPodcast.com to listen to this and every other episode we've ever released to hear all the interesting things we have to say about Orange County Soccer Club and a bunch of other random stuff. Uh, once again, I want to thank our guest, Rob Kiernan, for taking some time to join us here on this uh, episode of the podcast, his second time with us. Maybe we'll go for a third here in the near future. For Rob, for Dylan, for Alan... This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Oh, wait, wait. Alan, go. <laughs> I was not ready for this. I was about to tweet at Rob Kiernan to say sorry, I was sorry I missed the it. same old No, not that cutter. one. No. We got to start oh, with sorry, Ruffman sorry. Scarves. Come on. Know the order. Know the order. <laughs> you want a dope? Thanks to, our sponsor, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to the MLS, USL, and U.S. Soccer. Get your custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired, tired of the same old uniforms and cookie-cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? 
Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. 